Hello, boss bitches. Hey, guys. We're back at you with an interview this week uh, with Christine Starling. She is a chef, she is a consultant, and she is a boss bitch. Yeah, man. She's opened so many restaurants around town. Um, she's opened the Aventine Hollywood, Little Pine Restaurant with Moby, and she did Mess Hall. And she has an amazing story of how she got to where she is. Goodness me, you guys. Buckle up. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the Boss Bitch Podcast. How's your week? Nice? Good? Answer to yourself silently. In the affirmative, hopefully. Uh Uh-huh. And get back to us. Yeah, why not? Uh, Today, we are joined by the amazing Christine Starling. Yes. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. We are very excited. Super Um, excited. So many questions. Um, I felt a little self-conscious that I bought these donuts uh, from the the questionable gas station bakery on the road, oh. and you are a pro, and I have some, but like, again, and Lindsay was like, just chill. Yeah, everything's fine. I was like, listen, Christine is the boss bitch chef. Yeah. We are not, we are not chefs. No. And she knows that. No. So, we're far. and also we didn't make these. We didn't make those. I mean, this is a judgment-free zone. Good. Exactly. And I'll tell you that, um. The chef I moved here with, Jeremy Fox, he's a Michelin-starred uh-huh. chef, right? Like, he's he's baller big, all the way. Big old, yeah. And we started out in Napa together. And, oh, wow. And we were getting ready to drive down to San Francisco for something, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm hungry. We have to get food first. Uh-huh. And, and, and we need to get gas. And he goes, no, no, we have to get gas at the Chevron up in Napa in this one corner. And I said, why? And he goes, they have the best food there. Now, this is a Michelin-starred chef. the Napa Chevron? We're fairly new to working together. Uh-huh. I idolize him because he's Jeremy Fox. He's like a uh-huh. fucking god. Right. Yeah, yeah. And we go to this gas station, and he walks up to this counter where, like, you know, the hot dog spin that you uh-huh. never eat? And there's, like, fried quesadillas. And he goes, nom, nom, nom. And he goes, these are delicious. He and said, they, nom, nom, he Michelin did. star he chef. He did. He goes, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Michelin star chefs, they're just like us. And you know what? Those quesadillas are motherfucking delicious. And I, I know where to find them at a Chevron down here, by the way. Oh, really? I do. No, it's far. It's like out on the 60 in like Montebello or by oh, Diamond Bar. Oh, I, Somewhere. But there's a Chevron down there that we managed to discover. And he's like, I bet they have those quesadillas. And sure enough... They do. So where do the so, quesadillas yeah. come from? God only. They're not real food. No. I mean, there's, you know, they're just the they're most like Chevron. cheese adjacent. Kind right. of. It's not real cheese. Yeah, I but love that cheese. Yeah, I know. It's oh. real good. So there's there's no judgment about gas station okay, food good. at all. Awesome. I just got really no, no. Hungry. Well, I was just thinking like those quesadillas sound like. The... I know. We could road trip to that Chevron. Exactly. I know how to find it. It's all on right. the 60. Oh God, I know what amazing. exit it is. We're yeah. putting it on the book. Yeah, Let's do it. for sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, and then we'll get super drunk and then eat them because I oh, feel then like that'll that would be, real be good. the oh best yeah, time ever. For sure. The best. Um, Sponsored by Chevron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we can get gas while we're there. I know. We can do it all. Yeah. yeah. We can do it all. I can get it's some... a one-stop shop. Yeah. yeah. So, Christine, um, mm-hmm. tell us, how did you get it? Did you always know that you wanted to pursue a career in the kitchen, essentially? No. I wanted to be an attorney. Oh, Damn. interesting. And I just love to cook, mm-hmm. right? But I really wanted to be an attorney because um, I thought it sounded like fun to, mm-hmm. to be in court and get to yeah. get paid to kind of talk and argue and be somewhat reasonable. Yeah. Um, so I had a career, actually, I had a career in human resources, in mm-hmm. a consulting department doing change management, like performance, organizational performance kind mm-hmm. of work, mm-hmm. which is really great. And I cooked a lot at home as a passion, and I wanted to go to culinary school. And when I got laid off from that job, I went to culinary school. Mm-hmm. 
but I had made good money and I certainly didn't want to work for $8 an hour or whatever the minimum wage was at the time. So I took the LSATs and went to law school all the while cooking and having great dinner parties mm. um, and doing catering on the side. And I got to law school. You're already a chef. <laughs> yeah. like, I should be a lawyer not too. A, not a chef, just a cook. Just a cook. <laughs> just a cook. Uh, a good cook, but a cook. Yeah. And then I went to law school and I hated every fucking minute of it. Yeah. Just hated it and cried every night when I got home. It sounds awful. It's mm-hmm. awful. Yeah. It's awful. Like law school's horrible. Yeah. I and know. I was like, no, no, I'm going to open a restaurant. And I quit law school and I opened a restaurant. Good for you. Which was good and bad, right? Because I became, I now consult as a chef. Yeah. And so I work with owners and I understand them because I've been an owner and I was a dumbass owner, right? Like I didn't really know anything about running a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I'd been in kitchens, but I didn't really know or understand yeah. anything. So, um, so yeah. yeah. It was successful. Us- it had butts in the seats, right? Uh-huh. Which people think is successful, but it was losing money. Well, I feel like to be a restaurant owner, especially a chef restaurant owner, you have to have, you have to be knowledgeable of so many things. Yes. You have to have such business acumen, but also make great food yeah. in order to be able to pay your bills. Yeah. Well, people mm-hmm. think being a chef is all about your ability to cook, right? Like you just said, like I was cooking at home, mm-hmm. having dinner parties, and you're like, you're a chef. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, I was a cook. Yeah. Just because you can cook well doesn't make you a good chef, right? Mm-hmm. Being a chef yeah. means you have to lead the kitchen. and. You have to understand food and labor costs and all these other things. And being an owner, that's only one small part of what you have to understand. You have the front of house. You have everything. Don't hit the microphone. (laughs) I'm a fuck up already. I know. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I just didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes it easy to work with owners now. But, Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. So, can you tell us about your first restaurant? Yeah, it started as a catering company, um, and the space that I had was great, but I lost it. They wanted to redevelop it somehow, so the space that I found ended up being a restaurant space, mm-hmm. and so we opened for lunch. We did lunches five days a week, and then we did pizza on Friday nights, mm-hmm. and then other than that, we were closed for mm-hmm. catering because catering was really busy. So catering yeah. was super profitable and really fun, and then the restaurant just lost money. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the catering supported the restaurant, right. which was really fun, but a lot of work yeah. to kind of lose money. And I was so busy that I didn't ever have time to stop and figure out how to fix the problem, right? You're kind of just like constantly chasing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were busy. And so you have that ego thing going on. We're like, well, yeah, we're busy. And, you know, the news wants me to cook for them. And I'm doing all these, you know, parties for famous people. And, I, and it must be good. But at the end of the day, you know, you work to lose $200. Right. Yeah. yeah that, so that must have been such a mind fuck. To see a full restaurant and see that you're popular and your food is good, but then to realize that at the end of the day, it's just not balancing it's out. It's just everything mm-hmm. is out of whack and yeah. you're so busy and you're so tired. You don't have time to think about how to fix it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and in my case, I don't know how it would, I think I would have figured it out. I think, I don't know. Like, right. It's easy to tell myself that. Yeah. But my mom got sick. She got diagnosed with cancer oh, and man. I, and I just instantly like I found out on a Friday night and by Saturday the restaurant was closed Mm -hmm. by Sunday I had a buyer for it It, I shut down I moved you know to Southern California to be with her and get her through that all the chemo and and everything Mm -hmm. that went along with it yeah so and where were you living at the time in San Francisco oh gotcha oh wow such a transition yeah it was crazy so I got her through that and then when I when you know she came through it and she was finished with chemo I came back up north and I started teaching so I went into teaching and writing curriculum. Oh, wow. Which was did, really great. Did you, looking back, um, 
do you think that your restaurant owner experience what helped out with your teaching curriculum kind of I don't know because I feel like so at least people I feel like food is a creative field and so many people going into creative fields think oh I'm going to do this and then I'm going to become a restaurant owner like did you apply they your all knowledge think of that now right. they think they're going to be food network stars oh uh, god yeah. <laughs> now they think that mm-hmm. yeah no that you do and you think that you know just being a good cook is, is kind of all that it you need mm-hmm. and and it's not all you need and so i certainly approached it from a much more practical perspective um and i realized in my restaurant that you need to have cooks who know how to think right right like when you start you need to think you need to to understand what any of it means. Mm -hmm. So I certainly approach teaching with a different perspective and I liked it and it makes me a better chef in the kitchen now. I bet. Yeah. You know, um, what kind of, so what specifically did you teach or like what, what was your favorite thing to teach to? I taught all baking and pastry. Um, I have a lot of pastry experience. So I taught, um, a breads class, a pastry class, which included pies and tarts and cookies. I taught a laminated doughs class, and a plated desserts class. What is a laminated dough? Those are like croissants. Oh, Croissants it. and Danish and anything kind of layered. Dough butter, oh, dough butter. Yum. Oh, yeah. I know. So We're good. Like, <laughs> so <yeah>. good. <laughs> but there are days. There are days. I had at one time, I had two classes going uh-huh. consecutively. And I had wow. 16 students per class. So that's 32 students in a day. Oh, my, oh, my God. And the way one of these rotations worked out... They had the, you know, they would produce on one day, but they would finish on the next day. So each mm-hmm. student had maybe five items to turn in for product eval yeah. at the end of the day. So if you have five bites of food times 32 students Oof. in the course of a few hours, that That's, is, that is rich. It can that be rough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It can be real rough. Yeah. And it's not like wine tasting where you could spit it out. Right. No, I mean, you can, you get to that point, yeah. you know, when it's, <laughs> when it's cheesecake and, and tarts and it's all like really rich. Yeah. yeah you get to that point. You're, yeah. like, okay. You're just like, God, I just can't That's eat this again. <laughs> you know, you have this little bright, shiny student, like yeah. chef, chef, taste this. And, and you're, you're just like, like it's a fucking cheesecake. I get it. I gave you the rest of it. I know what it tastes like. <laughs> it looks fine. Yeah. Next. Next. You did yeah. it. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So after you were teaching, mm-hmm. uh, did you, were you kind of like, well, I kind of want to get back out there. Well, so this is where the story takes a sad turn. Um, my mom, cancer came back. Oh, no. Um, and I, this is where I look crazy. My, I decided that I needed to be able to communicate with her doctors. Mm-hmm. And um, to do that, I didn't think I had time to go to med school because mm-hmm. that's a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I thought I could get into a really good nursing program. So I only wanted to go to the top school. So I was only going to go to Johns Hopkins or Duke. And Duke mm-hmm. was my first choice. So I, and I got a D in college in biology, just for the record, I got a D, a straight up D and <laughs> I should have gotten an F, but he passed me because he liked me because I showed up and I tried, and, Yeah, you know, so I have to, to get into Duke, you have to take all these prereqs, anatomy, physiology, mm-hmm. you had to take pharmacology, mm-hmm, like, yeah. you know, words I can't even say, chemistry and organic chemistry. I took all of those classes while I was teaching wow. and writing curriculum, and I got into Duke. So wow. I left. <laughs> Yay. Oh, my God. Congratulations. <laughs> just like, what is next for me? <laughs> right? I was just, it's insane to think that, like, I can do this. And, like, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm going to save my mom. Yeah. This is how, like, deranged you are, right? Like, I'm going to find clinical trials. I'm going to go to a oh, heavy research school. I'm going to find the best doctors. I'm going to save my mom. Oh, that didn't happen. Um, and she died two days before I was supposed to start oh, at Duke. God. So yeah. I didn't know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. She died and I moved. I mean, I, I deferred admission and I went to, I moved to North Carolina uh-huh. 
and did um, two semesters at Duke. Mm-hmm. And I got a patient, a woman, a mother, who was just living her life and got this weird cancer. She was one of four, she was like the 43rd person ever diagnosed. Oh my with God. This. And she was dead in two weeks. Wow. And, and I was just like, I mean, the neurologist sat down and went through everything with me and it was a really great experience, but I was like, nope, yeah. not going to watch anyone's mom die ever again. I never yeah. wanted to be a nurse. I was doing it for my mom. Yeah. So I walked into the Dean's office and I quit. Wow. And I moved to Seattle for six months by myself just to kind of like figure out what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And then I moved um, back. I moved to Napa to figure out what to do and to just kind of get reimmersed in food, which is what I love. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where I met Jeremy Fox. Mm-hmm. I'd met him before, but we got reconnected. Um, and I started working with him. And that's when I woke up again and realized, oh, I can be happy again. I can find my passion again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like life is not over just because I'm a sad sack orphan. Right. Like, yeah. I'm going to be happy. So. Oh my God, that's... It was it was crazy. Lived a <laughs> lot a crazy of, path. Yeah, a lot of occupations and right. And it, yeah. I mean, I it was all based on love, which is so amazing yeah. and honorable. Yeah. At the time, you don't realize how crazy it sounds, and then when someone's like, "Well, what'd you do after this?" and you're like, "Oh God, I have to." <laughs> no, but you're sound like a crazy person. Not at all. <laughs> for, you know, yeah. it made sense at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would do it all again. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I would Abs- do it all again. Yeah. Oh, so that's so interesting. So you. First, I want to go back for just Mm -hmm. a second. Um, Why Seattle? What made you decide to go and stay there by yourself for six months? I just wanted to get away from everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, like I kind of spent my life doing what I thought like my parents wanted me to do. And I didn't, they weren't ever, they never pressured me, but I I wanted to make my mom proud. Yeah. My dad always said, oh, you'd be a really great attorney. So, okay. I never really gave it much thought. I just, okay, I want to be an attorney, but Mm -hmm. really what I wanted to do was cook you know, and kind of mentor people and lead people. And mm-hmm. I, and at this time, you know, I didn't have anyone to make proud. I didn't have anyone to disappoint. So it didn't really matter what I did. No one cared what I did. So I wanted to just go somewhere where, you know, there was no one that I had to kind of answer to and mm-hmm. well-meaning friends. I didn't want to hear what anyone had to say. I just wanted to like find my own voice again and kind yeah. of figure it out. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I like Seattle. I had one friend there um, a good friend, but you know, she was busy. And so I, I wasn't completely alone, mm-hmm. but I got most of the time alone. Yeah. And I rented a place for six months and oh, went up there and kind of figured out what I was going to do. And, and I felt like that focused me again. Yeah. Right. And then I came back and I was ready to kind of make the decisions that I wanted to make for me. And it didn't really matter what anyone else said. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. So, I feel like it's people don't often take that time mm-hmm. after, you know, a devastating experience. So many yeah. people will just like, throw themselves into the next object that could take up all of their attention. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Um, So I feel like taking that time to yourself is, A, very brave, because I feel like when I'm going through heartbreak, being, like, distracted Mm -hmm. is the thing that I want. You're like, I want to do 5,000 things. Exactly. It's real easy Mm -hmm. to do. Absolutely. And I certainly have thrown myself into work work over the years. Yes, Right, when you'd rather not think about it. Well, I mean, you went to Duke for nursing school. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you're like, let's do this. There's that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go, Duke. <laughs> um, okay, so now you're you're back in Napa. Back in mm-hmm. Napa. Um, so were you were you working in restaurants? No, I wasn't working. I had gone to a talk at the CIA uh-huh. um, up there, right? The Culinary Institute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the culinary gardener for the French Laundry, who's a dentist yeah. by trade, Peter Jacobson. Yeah. Um, he was giving a talk, and I went to hear him. And I was sitting in the room with my friend, and Jeremy Fox walked in, and I was like, oh, my God, that's Jeremy Fox. Like, mm-hmm. I, I fucking love him. I met him once. And he had just kind of left Ubuntu, and he'd been doing some work with Tyler Florence. 
And he and they broke, and he was standing at the like the side of the room, and I'm like, I'm gonna go talk to him. Mm-hmm. And he, I said like, What are you doing? I think you're so amazing. Like I didn't know what I was gonna do, but I just knew I had to meet him and like really talk to him. And he said, Well, I'm st- I'm writing this cookbook. And I said, Oh, I've written eight baking textbooks because part of what I did for the culinary schools was I wrote their their curriculum yeah, and yeah. did all their textbooks. So I'd written eight books. So I said, I will do anything. I'll type your recipes. I'll help you test them. I'll sweep your floor. I'll wash your dishes. I don't care. I just really want to work with you. Mm-hmm. And now I know Jeremy, and like Jeremy can't type anything on it on his own. Right? Like he's, <laughs> like, he's real great. Uh-huh. I love him. But like I, I was exactly what he needed, right? He yeah. kind of needed. So he's like, I mean, I think he might have thought I was crazy, but he was like, oh, all right, yeah. whatever. And so we kind of started working together. We never worked on the cookbook for a single fucking day, ever, ever. Um, But we had a lot of fun. And we did, you know, a little bit of restaurant work up there. And we did some Mm pop-ups. And we did some stuff at Saison. And then um, he got an offer to come down here and open a restaurant as a consultant. Mm -hmm. And his relationship had fallen apart. And I had been in a marriage for a really long time. And that had fallen apart. And And we were both just a mess. We were both just so broken. And he said, do you want to just escape to L.A. for six months? And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Let's go to L.A. Yes. Let's just go to L.A. and be fuck-ups for a while. Yeah. And we both ended up staying. Awesome. So, and how long ago was that? Six years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, And he's married now and has a baby and is super happy and just, you know, had a cookbook published and he's doing really great. That's awesome. Yeah. I hope someone um, typing so. up that cookbook for him. Right? I know. Right? <laughs> God damn, I better get a mention of that cookbook. <laughs> and I did. Yeah, good. So there you Perfect. go. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Jeremy ain't stupid. Um, <laughs> so when you guys came down here to be fuck-ups, he was opening a restaurant. Were you working with him Yeah, we were restaurant? both opening the restaurant. Yeah, it was okay. Freddie Smalls. It's in um, Culver City. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was a really good time. And it was oh. a really small kitchen. So mm-hmm. it was myself and Jeremy and then we had three cooks awesome. and we're all still in touch today Aww. Mario just opened Tallulah's for him Victoria ended up becoming the Sue and then the chef at Freddie Smalls we brought down Charlie Parker to be the chef he moved mm-hmm. back up north now and then Luke Reyes is opening his own place so it was like a really tiny mm-hmm. little crew but it was a really good time that's awesome you know? yeah and it's so nice to see people like mo- like matriculate from different things and start their yeah. restaurants and mm-hmm. it's really fun and now and you've worked on a bunch of different, yeah. I mean, you consult all the time. Yes. Um, and especially like restaurants we know, I mean, if you, if you're listening and live in Southern California, like you, like Mess you're, Hall, right? Mess Hall, I mm-hmm. open Mess Hall. Which we love. Yeah. Uh, um, Little Pine too. Little Pine, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So maybe, um, I feel like until, uh, I met my husband's cousins, Noel, who. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was Noel nice is enough. so amazing. He's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that consulting chefs was I had no idea that was yes. a thing so can you explain that to our audience a yeah. little bit yeah I mean I think sometimes chefs will say oh I'm consulting and it's just because they don't have a job and and they're like oh do you want help I'll consult mm-hmm. but I actually consult full-time for a career mm-hmm. so right. people hire me most most of the time they hire me when they're looking to get a restaurant open mm-hmm. and I can come in at any kind of various stage sometimes I come in before the build out entirely mm-hmm. oh wow but usually I come in when it's about halfway through okay and I can make sure that the kitchen equipment has been spec'd right, that the kitchen is set up right for the flow. That's one thing Noel was looking at a space. Mm -hmm. And I went in and I looked at it with him, and I'm like, where's your pass? And he's like, oh, I don't know, over there. Don't hit the microphone. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 that path doesn't make sense, right? And Mm -hmm. we worked it out. And he's like, oh, you're right, that path doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So kind of making sure that that's set up. And then I do the menu for Little Pine. The menu was in my apartment the kitchen wasn't ready and we moved mm-hmm. stuff into storage and brought in commercial kitchen equipment wow and for three and a half months we 
created the entire menu in my apartment. Oh, my God. And Moby would come over two or three days a week for tasting. It was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And these cooks would show up at fucking 6 a.m. every day. Oh, no, 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 And, you know, cooks are passionate. They're passionate people. Yeah. And so they never wanted to go home. And I would just be like, get out. (laughs) Get out. You've been here. This is still my house. It's 7.30 at night. Get out. Oh, my God. You know, I could have, like, two bottles of water in my fridge, and that was it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, the rest of it would have to be And then the rest, the rest I'd have to food. eat the stupid vegan food that, like, we were prepping <laughs> and go out. Yeah. No. Not to upset the vegans or anything. No, well, it's, it's all right. It's okay. Designing a vegan menu and not being a vegan. Yeah. I, I said to Moby, that's the first thing I said. I said, you know, I'm not vegan. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I met with him at his house and I said, I'm not vegan. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't want a vegan chef. Mm-hmm. Non-vegans make better vegan food. That makes and sense. And I think that's true, yeah. actually. Right? Because, and none of us were vegan in the, the sous chefs weren't vegan and the pastry chef wasn't. So, mm-hmm. We have different palettes, mm-hmm. right? They're a little bit more alive. Yeah. We don't. We're not just like, oh, all right, brown rice and carrots. Yeah, okay. yeah. this is keep me alive. So we yeah. kind of just kept going until we wanted to keep eating it. Mm-hmm. And one of my one of my sous chefs once said, she's like, she, you know, we'd made something, and she's like, is it good? And I was like, yeah, it's good. And she goes. But is it is it like good or is it like fuck me in the ass good? You're like I love that. So proud of you. Yes. You finally become the chef I want you to become. Level. <laughs> gotta so get to true. fuck me in the ass good. Yeah. So uh-huh. we went for fuck me in the ass good. Yeah. We always knew when we got it. Yeah. Oh my god, amazing. It makes so much sense. And I feel. Do you feel like now uh, you have more of an appreciation for vegan food? Or- oh yeah. Because you can, you mm-hmm. know that you can actually make these flavors out of twigs and berries. I think I always had an appreciation for vegan food. I think when you call it vegan, and this is what I told them when we started, mm-hmm. they wanted to buy a bunch of vegan cookbooks, right? They're all like emailing me before, mm-hmm. like, what cook should I buy? What books? No, 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 we're not making vegan food. Forget mm-hmm. that. We're just making food. Mm-hmm. And these are the parameters we're cooking with. I, I like vegetables. You wouldn't right. necessarily know it, but I like them. You know, I like those flavors. I like any food that tastes good. So yeah. if you leave the animal products out, you might have a harder challenge making it really good. Yeah. But if you start with good products, it's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. So I'm really proud of that food. I'm yeah. really proud of that food. Awesome. What is you your know? favorite vegan dish? At Little Pine, we made these um, broccoli cheesy broccoli arancini right Mm. and so we were trying to cut we were working on a risotto and we were working on a cheese sauce for for mac and cheese Uh a cashew based um nut cheese cheese Mm -hmm. sauce and tanisha the fuck me in the ass Uh sous chef tanisha was just (laughs) hungry one day (laughs) one day tanisha said oh dude remember that cheesy broccoli rice that came out of a box that your mom would make when you were a kid and i was like God, I love that rice. And she's like, can we make some for a family meal today? Because we had like a little bit of leftover broccoli and we had this like leftover cheese sauce. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's make that right now. And it was so good. We're just like, oh my God. So we, she's like, maybe we can put this on the menu as a side. And I was like, no, we're going to fry it into little fucking balls. Yes. Fry yeah. Vegan food. Yeah, we're going to fry the yes, fuck out of that. <laughs> so, Yeah. And then it was fuck me and me ass good, right? And then yeah. it was fuck me in the ass. And Moby came and Moby's like, what the fuck? And we're like, uh, right? Yes. Yeah. We Moby. did that. Yeah, fuck we did that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's how that came about. And that was, I think that was one of my favorite things. Yeah. I want to go. But, what a happy accident. And they still have it. Like, I mean, they've changed the menu now, right? Little Pine opened a year and a half ago. So a lot of things have changed. But right. That's still on the menu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just like the classic 
like inspiration to like the non-vegan like classic kind of comfort food we're in my apartment everybody and somebody loves to slam a door downstairs i got some colorful neighbors they're going places (laughs) we're in like echo park right (laughs) colorful over here um so um rebecca and i were talking obviously well no i haven't worked in a kitchen i've worked in restaurants mm -hmm. but never a kitchen Mm. um but we assume that it can be a very testosterone-driven place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have what's your experience been like with that? In San Francisco, it never it never dawned on me that I was a woman, mm-hmm. right? Like I, you're just a you're a cook or you're yeah. a chef, and it, I never thought about gender. And and you hear about it, and I always kind of thought, so stupid, yeah. right? Like that's not really a thing, but it's a thing in LA for sure. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, we have a a big population of I call anyone that's not a professional cook. Mm-hmm. Right, if you just kind of cook because you want to pay the bills and you don't really care, mm-hmm. I call them soldier cooks. Okay, mm-hmm. they're gonna show up every day. They're gonna hopefully do what you tell them to. They don't really give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go home at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right, if they lose this job, there's always another one around the corner. And by and large, not to sound racist, but LA has a large Hispanic population of cooks. Right, right. a lot of, and and they're not all soldier cooks. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of them are soldier cooks, and soldier cooks can be any race. But, yeah. but. Um, the Hispanic, I've been in kitchens in LA that have been primarily soldier cooks and they like me just fine until they have to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I had at Aventine, the, the kind of the lead kind of soldier cook told me on day one, I'll never call you chef. Wow. And you, you're not my boss. And I was like, huh. And in my head I'm thinking, actually I am pumpkin. Yeah. yeah. You're going to do what I say or Absolutely. it's not going to go well for you. Uh-huh. Um, so in that kitchen, everyone came around except him, and he never came around, and he never spoke to me. Wow. And it was so awkward to have to run the line and call out tickets and get a call back, you and know, and ask him how long, and he would never respond, ever. He wouldn't respond to anything. If you'd said, you know, hey, Cuco, quanto tiempo, how long mm-hmm. on the Branzino, he wouldn't respond. And then I'd have to look at another cook, and then another cook would ask him, and then he'd respond to him, and then that cook would tell me. How wow. long were you guys working together? I worked with him for a year. Wow. I think that's the most sexist thing we've it ever was, heard on this podcast. And, yes. this, and so Tanisha, remember, fuck me in the ass, yeah. Tanisha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tanisha, <laughs> Tanisha came from, Tanisha was at Mess Hall. She eventually came over to Aventine. Mm-hmm. She kind of will follow me around sometimes. And they, she's a black woman, mm-hmm. a black cook. And they refused to walk off the line if we put her on the line. Kuko led the charge and said, if you put her on the line, we will all walk out. And it was a Friday night. Wow. And I was like, well, then you can walk the fuck out. Yeah. Right? You, have to, you have to take a stand. You can't, you can't let anyone, right. especially in a kitchen, you can't let anyone walk all over you. Absolutely. Why do you, why do you think so, it's different in LA? I mean, do you think it's just the diversity here and different people? Like, why do you think it's different here versus San Francisco? San Francisco has a lot of professional cooks, mm-hmm. right? Or the kitchens that I was in. Yeah. You know, if you're in, if you're in Cezanne or you're in a Michelin-starred kitchen mm-hmm. or... You're in an upscale kitchen. It's professional cooks who want to work with that chef. Mm-hmm. LA has a lot of restaurants and not that many cooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in any kitchen, no, there's no kitchen I've been in in LA that's just professional cooks. Mm-hmm. There, there's always kind of a mix of people that really care and then people that care. Mm-hmm. But just enough to keep their but jobs. But just enough to keep their job. Yeah. Right? They yeah. don't really want to be a chef. They don't care why something needs to be at a certain temperature. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to put the fish on the grill. They're going to cook it how you tell them to. Yeah. They're not going to think much else yeah. about it. Yeah. So oh, man, that's crazy. I know. It's I, it's crazy because LA, you know, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about this podcast. Mm-hmm. And LA is a town where, you know, you had Susan Finnegar and Mary Sue Milliken. 
You had, you know, Evan Kleinman, you had Sherry Yard, you had Nancy Silverton, you have all these great women who came up at a time when women weren't really, you know, like they, they kind of helped move women forward. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now if you look at the chefs, there's not really that many women yeah. chefs. There's yeah. really not. Like, I mean, I was thinking there's just not, it's a town that still, it's hard to come up in the kitchen as a woman. And I why, think it's harder here. why do you think that is just because of that? kind of the soldier cook culture that doesn't necessarily respect a woman I think it's it's harder on women in the kitchen yeah. I've been tested more here in the kitchen than I've ever been tested mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know but but usually they come around if you have the chops and yeah you put your head down and you make it about the food and not about the people and I always make it about the food mm -hmm. um they come around right. right because at the end of the day people want to learn they want to be led they want to grow mm -hmm. they just want and if you can work. teach them and if you can get them there yeah and treat people with respect yeah. But it's also, it's just hard. A life in the kitchen is hard. It's, it, you know, it and, like and women still want to have babies and be moms and, and mm. all of those things. Mm -hmm. And it, that's a hard thing to do. Kitchens are hot. They're small. Yeah. And the hours are you know, long. You know, the hours are long. And, and on top of that strain, like the bias against women. And yeah. Yeah. To have their and there's lives. other ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like now you can do other things. Mm -hmm. Tanisha's cooking as a private chef now. Yeah. And she's making much more money than she ever made as a cook. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Cook salary is low. It takes a long time to get to get up there and make a good salary. Yeah. Yeah. How many years do you think on average it takes to be a cook that makes a decent living? If you don't sell out and go for a chef title early, mm -hmm. which you can do, and there are plenty of people who will hire you, mm -hmm. it takes a good eight or nine years, mm -hmm. I think, to really yeah. come up in a kitchen and learn. Oh. That's a long time to, to cook for, you know, 10 or 11 or $12 an hour. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Um, do you find yourself mentoring young professional cooks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's my favorite part of anything, right? Like the food is secondary now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like the mentoring. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. Yeah. So, yeah. So what would you, I mean, so many questions. Um, so right now you're consulting. Mm -hmm. um, are there any projects that you're particularly excited about? Um, any restaurants or even like anything like maybe down the line you're like, oh, I'd love to work on that. I have a project that um, will knock on wood and hope it comes through. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to them now, and we'll see where it goes. They are opening a speakeasy, an underground speakeasy Ooh, in L.A. behind wow. a coffee house. And it's a really exciting project. I'm Ooh. super, super excited. And I think I'm the front runner uh -huh. on it, and I think I'll get it, but I really want that. So that sounds amazing. I'm kind of saying I've said no to a couple other things. One of them wanted to open 28 restaurants in California by the end of the year. And I was oh, my like, God. Oh. I almost said yes. Then I was like, oh, no. Like, I do I want to sleep the next six yeah, yeah, that's just too much. Yeah. That's too much. That yeah. also seems... Like, it's so big. It's too big, too fast. It was really fast. Yeah. It was really fast. Yeah. And yeah. it was just opening, right? It would just be like, open, open, open. And wow. I kind of like to develop relationships and, yeah. and like, build teams. And mm -hmm. there wouldn't have been a lot of that. Right. Yeah. And I feel like if you don't have the time, again, this is totally out my ass because I know very little about the food industry. Yeah. Um, but if you can't, if you don't have the time to build those teams and those relationships... Doesn't the product quality suffer yes. potentially? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think one reason people hire me, it should be the, the main reason they hire me, mm -hmm. is not because I'm a talented chef. I am. But there's lots of people who cook. I build great teams. Mm -hmm. I build, I think, the best teams on the West Coast. Like, I build really great, strong teams. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, that's what I like to do. And that's mm -hmm. what keeps it 
going and good. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So obviously food is a huge passion of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else just like in your world that you love? Like what's your hobby? Mm-hmm. How do you let loose? Yeah. Um, you know, I hang out with friends. It's really nice now because when I moved here, all of my friends were cooks and chefs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now I have friends. I have a lot of friends in, in your industry, in the entertainment industry. And so that's really fun. Yeah. So I think film has kind of become a hobby. Mm-hmm. When I moved here, I hadn't seen anything. You know, like up in San Francisco, people don't take film so seriously. Right. Yeah. Like, they, like it's a real thing in L.A. And when you say to someone, oh, I haven't seen that film, they're like, they lose oh their minds. God. They lose their minds. And yeah. I'm like, you know, not everyone has time to just watch movie after fucking movie all yeah. the time. Yeah. But I get it now. So I've seen every Oscar film for like the last four years. Awesome. Super proud of that. Um, and so that's really fun. Like, I think film is fun. Yeah. And, and now TV is really exciting with everything and all the yeah. different avenues. What are you watching? Um, I just watched I Love Dick on Amazon. Oh, yeah. oh is that it was, good? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's weird. It's, it's kind of arty. The girl's yeah. kind of crazy obsessed. I always mm-hmm. think that's fun. And I like Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's and great in that. Catherine Hahn is really oh good. I fucking she love Catherine Hahn. Right? Hon. She's Bro. so amazing. Man. She's so amazing. I sat down to watch Bad Moms. Have you guys seen it? Oh my it? God, I love no. Bad Moms. I no. was, I, She's so funny in that. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm never going to tell anybody I ever actually sat down to waste no. my time watching this movie. It was so fucking yeah, good because she's really so funny. fucking funny. Oh my God, I'm going to have to watch You this. have to. Is it yeah. on like Amazon? I'm sure it's it? on Amazon and Netflix okay. or something at this point. Yeah. It's, okay. I watched it on a plane. And I did I, too, but then I paid for it later, so we're in the same boat. Admissions <laughs> 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 corner. <laughs> Fucking loved it. Oh my god, I'm so excited yeah. to yeah, go watch you that. Watch it. Um, but it's also interesting too how like food is feels so integrated into the entertainment industry too. Like yes. yeah, you know, with um, all the events surrounding things, and it feels like very. It does get yeah. married in a lot hand of ways. Hand now, yeah. Also, production people. I think they're the only people in LA who really get what it's like to be a chef, right? Yes, like like yeah. I, the hours that I keep are the same with production people. And yeah. especially as a consulting chef, because I go from project to project. So mm-hmm. I kind of end up on little hiatuses, right? Yeah. yeah. And then they ramp up and they go kind of slow. Yeah. And then, you know, you're in the weeds and like you go in the kitchen cave and you don't talk to anyone for a month or two. And yeah. then you come out and you're just like trashed. Mm-hmm. And dead, and then you kind of do it all over again. And yeah, production so people true. get that. Yeah, it's the exact same you know? cycle. Yeah. yeah. So it's really nice mm-hmm. like, to have friends that aren't in my industry, but kind of follow their passion in the same way. Absolutely. It's, so that's been really a cool thing. It's yeah. Very interesting. And yeah. I do. I feel like the food industry or the the food scene in LA is completely different than when I first moved here. How when, long, I, when did you move here? Ten years ago. Okay. Yeah, because I moved here six years ago, and it's so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel even like, now, yeah. Even in, the, like, I feel like the last five years, mm-hmm. there's been a huge boom, and people oh, yeah. have started to really appreciate interesting food yeah. that's not just, like, Dantana's, yeah. you know? I know, but Dantana's is it's a good time. So good. <laughs> it's like walking back in a time machine. Oh, those I've people, those people that sit at the bar, they're, like, they're like, do like, they... Every- they never leave. No. And they oh look like God. they never leave. They know. I mean, it's they amazing. still have, you can order a fuzzy navel at Dantana's. Yeah, you can. I, I swear navel. to God. I want a you can. wall banger. Yeah. You can order that there. Those people have never left. Yeah. They're still wearing the same clothes. Like they, it's like stepping back in time. Yeah. It's like go. 1960s yeah. Los Angeles. It's old school Italian. Yeah. I think the tablecloths are pink. You know, that yeah. weird, yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. My dad grew up here. But and they he have. I was like, yeah. let's go back to this place. And I'm like, 
El Coyote. Like, I was like, okay, dad, here we go. <laughs> I go to El Cholo. I'm not proud, but you know what? They have just chips and cheese nachos, and they're oh delicious. So yeah. I'm just saying, they are delicious. Love cheese. You melt some I cheese know. on some chips, and I'm down. I know. I like the through line of this podcast. Also, cheese. Yes. Yeah, cheese. Yes, please. <laughs> any, in any incarnation, I know. we will eat it. Even cheese adjacent, like oh, fake cheese yeah. quesadillas. Yeah. It's okay. Yes, please. Yeah. Pub yeah. cheese? What yeah. is pub cheese? I don't know, but it's Don't good. ask, don't tell, you know? Do it. That's pub right. cheese, guys. <laughs> oh, pub cheese. Look for it on our Instagram. <laughs> so I feel like we. Um, no, I can always I, tell when Lindsay's winding up for a question, too, because she's like, I'm like I know. I'm like, here we go. (laughs) I'm like, okay, she's got one. Well, this is actually usually the Rebecca question, so I didn't want to be the one to ask it. Uh, What's your college drink of choice? (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to answer that, but you can. I drink like a slutty college girl. Like I can't taste the alcohol. If I oh yeah. So um, well, in college it was Red Bull vodka. Oh Oh, yeah. Right, and I and I still enjoy a Red Bull vodka. (laughs) Not gonna lie, but now I mostly drink Moscow Mules. Oh, I love a Moscow Mule, right? Hello, I know. I've lost many a night to Moscow Mules. I know. I made a lot of bad decisions on Moscow Mules for sure. Yeah. Oh, so so now we need what are your what are your Moscow Mules? Oh my god, and. Uh, vodka Red Bull. Yeah. yeah. Should, I feel like we should have... Red Bull vodkas are delicious. They are. It looks I like know. a Skittle. Like, it's like a I know. Delicious. It is. It's like a sweet tart. I know. Yeah. It's so cold. Yeah. Like I know. I, especially right now, it's really hot And it keeps LA, you awake. Yeah. I know. Oh, my God. Just yes. uh, watch that heart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if your heart starts racing... <laughs> Ooh, time stop. to pump the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's not the question I think Lindsay's talking about. <laughs> but I love that you asked it. And I, we need to ask it more. Let's do it. <laughs> the one I was thinking, which now very much pales in comparison yeah. to the one that was it's asked. It's all downhill from here. This is, it might be the same answer. Who knows? <laughs> right. Like a yeah. Red Bull? Yeah. Like a Red Bull and yeah. Moscow Mules. Yeah. yeah. Um, what advice would you give to young women mm-hmm. coming into either the world of restaurants, food, life, Trump's America, like yeah. any <sighs> advice for you? Trump's people? America, probably Red Bull vodka is the answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. drink our way through it. Yeah, <laughs> just try not to pay attention. Yeah, sail um, down a river of vodka. Yeah, and Red Bull. it's yeah. bad news. I think um, to women going into anything, I would just say you know, like think about what you really want mm-hmm. and follow your passion. And I think you know, I was like this. I always wanted to know what the outcome was going to be. Like, where am I going from here to here? Like, I want to know where here is. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to know that. Because even when you think you know it, life is going to take you where life is going to take you. So Mm -hmm. I kind of now, and I think I learned this after my mom died, just go one step. Maybe have an idea of where you want to go. But, like, that path will unfold for you. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're true to what you like and what you want to do, it unfolds. And if you want a life in the kitchen, I think you have to find really good chefs to work for you know like work with people who you respect who do the kind of food who want to teach you Mm -hmm. you don't have to put up like that that whole like gordon ramsay picture of chefs yelling in the kitchen and Mm -hmm. swearing and throwing things is not accurate or true and you shouldn't work for someone like that Mm -hmm. yeah you know i can be harder than gordon ramsay could ever be and Probably every cook who's ever worked for me has cried, and I've never raised my voice once, and I don't like it when they cry. Mm-hmm. But they cry because they have such passion, and, and they, you know, screwed up the donut, not mm-hmm. because I made them cry, because they made them cry. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to help them figure out how to fix the donut next time, mm-hmm. but they're yeah. still going to cry about it. Yeah. But you have to work for someone who wants to teach you. And, right. Like, just get the best experience you can. Yeah. 
Who is someone or people that you have not worked with that you would love to work with or for or whatever Um, above? Yeah. I really like, she's not doing so much in the kitchen anymore, but Sherry Yard, who's a pastry Mm -hmm. chef. Okay. Who came up with Wolfgang Puck at Spago. Like, you know, she kind of helped put Spago on the map, really. Mm -hmm. All the Oscar parties and the statues. She's a friend. But I would love to kind of work with her. Yeah. I just, I think to see her back in her kitchen days would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, who else? I'd love to go to France and like work with Michelle Bra. Oh, yeah. You know, or just like an Italian grandmother in Italy really would yeah. be the best. Just to be in like yes. an Italian kitchen with like an old grandma. Yeah, Would just not? be the best. That would be amazing. Yeah. If you do that, let me know, and I'll just, like... We'll come visit. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, it smells good. What's uh, everything in here up for grabs? Everything cool. you need to know can be learned by an Italian grandma. Oh I'm Absolutely. Sure. Amazing. Everything in life. Amazing. Yeah. Um, my Italian grandma used to wear her bra and panties to the beach, and when she got weird looks, she'd be like, what? Come for me. Yeah. Come for me. Comfy. Yeah. <laughs> got this. <laughs> I've had to stop myself from doing that when I'm like, my underwear is so much more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Channeling grandma. (laughs) Um, I wasn't winding up. I was just saying, and, um, I know it's okay. I'm thinking of like, yeah, I, I like that question. I feel like so much. I feel like the first half, especially in saying, let life, live your life Mm -hmm. and follow your passion and the road will fall out like roll out in front of you Mm -hmm. i think that's so important to hear yeah especially right that's what i needed to hear right now now. yeah yeah and then yeah like next step versus like big picture every decision i made since my mom died like Mm -hmm. i said you know like there's no one to make proud but there's no one to disappoint like Mm -hmm. that was the most liberating thing that ever happened to me yeah. Because I made decisions that no one really thought was a good idea. Mm-hmm. When I when I told my friends, I'm going to move to L.A. with Jeremy, everyone's like, oh, that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Right? I was also doing some work with Daniel Patterson, who's a chef up north, and super yeah. successful. And, you know, successful in different ways mm-hmm. than Jeremy was. And Daniel certainly, had, like, had his act together. And, and I was doing really exciting work with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeremy was not the good on paper choice. But yeah. for me, he was the best choice. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think... Like, just learning how to, like, follow your own instinct and not worry about what people think is a really big deal. Like, if you trust your gut, usually it takes you where you need to go. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That's a lot to think about. Just do it. No. Just, like, like decisions made out of fear. And you see this with owners. I see this with owners all the time. Mm -hmm. Right? In restaurants. Mm -hmm. Whenever you get to that state of fear and you start making fear-based decisions, Mm -hmm. it it is all downhill from there. Absolutely. It really is. Like, you just have to kind of, if this is what you want, you just kind of have to grit your teeth and say, you know, I'm going forward. And you can't be reckless, but, like, those fear-based decisions never get you anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man. So for a young woman who wants to get in a kitchen mm-hmm. and doesn't have any experience, where would you tell her her first step should be? Mm-hmm. Um, I just had this conversation with someone, actually. I said, what are your favorite restaurants? Like, what, mm-hmm. like when you want to go out to eat, right? Like, what food do you just think, God, if I could only make that? Mm-hmm. Go, you don't need to go to culinary school. It's pretty much a waste of money now. By and large, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of chefs that don't even want to take culinary school grads because they mm. come out entitled. Oh, yeah. So rather than drop 60K on culinary school in a bunch of years, just go to that chef and say, I want to learn from you. I'll stage, which is common in our industry. Just It's called a stage, and you work for free. 
Is that short for something? Stage? No, stage? stagiaire. It's just, oh. it's, it's before we hire someone, we put them through a stage, right? Where they mm-hmm. come and they do a shift for a day and we watch them and we see what they know and mm-hmm. how they take direction. But you can do a long-term stage and just go to a chef that you like, whose food you like, and say, you know what, I want to learn from you and I'll work for free and I'll do what you tell me to. Yeah. And you'll learn so much. And they'll probably put you on payroll sooner than later mm-hmm. because, you know, you're going to, yeah. you want to be there. And you'll learn. And that's how you get your start. You go in and you work for someone, you that's know, awesome. and you just start cooking. And, you know, you start at the bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Fox was actually, I'll tell a Jeremy story. He was a chef. He'd gotten to the point of a chef and he was a chef at a hotel. I can't remember which one in San Francisco, but he had a decent little career going. And he just realized that he felt like a fraud. He'd come up too soon. He didn't know what he wanted to do. And he wanted to work for David Kinch at Manresa, mm-hmm. who was still flying kind of under the radar at that point. And he went down to, and he camped out on the steps at Manresa and said to David Kench, I don't care. I don't care what I do. I just have to work for you. And he quit his job as a chef to work for David Kench and like sweep his walk-in. And that changed his whole career. That changed Mm -hmm. everything. You know, he rose to, to executive Sioux or CDC Mm -hmm. under Kench at Manresa and then opened Ubuntu and earned the first Michelin star ever for a vegetarian restaurant. Wow. You know has won best new chef and nominated for multiple James Beards and all because he made that decision to kind of step back Mm -hmm. and just say, you know what? I have to learn. Like there's no shame in learning going and saying, I want to learn. And that's what we do in our industry. Yeah. So if you want to go, I'd just say, go work with someone. You know, I have someone who wants to get out of cooking and go more into consulting what I do. And he's, he will at some point soon leave his job and come and work for me kind of as a, as a stage to me awesome as my assistant. Right. Cause this is what he wants to Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. God, it's such a risk, too, to do that because you're not getting paid for yeah. a while. You have to be like, can right. I weather this? Right. But if you go to culinary school, you're not getting paid either. Like, that's Maybe where it freaks yeah. people out when they're like, well, but I'll be working for free. Well, okay, but you're going to drop 60K going to culinary yeah. school yeah. and you're not going to get paid. So you're actually not going to be at zero dollars. You're going to be in negative dollars. Yeah. yeah. So how about you just go to zero, forget yeah. negative. <laughs> and figure just it out. Just go yeah. pretend like you're in culinary school, but you get to go for free. Yeah. Like, totally. change your mindset on Absolutely. that. Totally. Makes a lot of sense. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the day Rebecca gotta go yeah. <laughs> we never saw her again <laughs> she's in the kitchen somewhere we just yeah, don't, know where. don't know where yeah well I think that's our time yeah but this wow, was so fun this yeah, was so fun right so fun. painless oh my god uh, it went so fast I know it's so interesting too like Hearing about everything. My favorite um, part of this podcast is learning about other people's industries yeah, and stories yeah. and definitely really enjoyed yours and hearing yeah, how you, thank you and the through lines too with women who are like really like making it and you know getting through all of the shitty misogynistic bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like yeah they're so different and they're also like right similar. exactly at the end of the day you just put your head down and work yeah, yeah. right that's and a message the just best put your head down and work mm-hmm. absolutely the work speaks for itself absolutely yeah, yeah. Wow, thank you so much. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Thanks, you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Take a donut. <laughs>